been a tale of two seasons for the Boston Celtics. I probably aged about 10 years just from that series. I'd probably compare myself to like, you know, just a younger, smarter, more handsome, stronger Michael Jordan. Let's go Celtics. Go Patriots. These are these are guys who, when they when you give them a bowl of Cheerios in the morning, they finish every last drop of milk. Absolute uh, clown over here. I'm ready when you are, baby. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Offbeat Sports Podcast. Today, we are joined by Sloan. Um, she has just started her own podcast called Sloan Knows. Um, she's doing really well over there, so we're going to have her up on and talk NBA awards predictions with us. So we're happy to have her. Thanks, Sloan. Welcome, Hi, Sloan. Thank you. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so I'm Sloan. Um, I'm 15 years old, and I'm a huge NBA fan. And I always felt like I didn't look like the average NBA fan or I maybe didn't act like one being like a teenage girl, you know, I'm not like most NBA fans. So I was like, it'd be super cool if I could come in with a different perspective and, you know, still be able to talk about who I think the hottest player is, but also who I think the best player is. And the mix <laughs> of it really works. So, yeah, I started a podcast. It's called Sloan Knows. Um, I also have a TikTok and Instagram. And yeah, it's been pretty fun. I've been lucky enough to interview some NBA players and it's been awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, we're going to start with rookie of the year. Uh, it's a big one. I know there's some straightforward names out there, but Sloan, what do you got for us? What, who's your pick for rookie okay. of the year? So I'm going to go with Benedict Matherin. Yes. I feel that this may come off unpopular. Uh, the reason why I say this is I know we all think Paolo. I know everyone thinks that. But I don't see how a rookie of the year could be on the Magic. They're just so bad. And I really feel that almost anyone would shine on the Magic. Whereas the Pacers right now are seventh in the East. So, and there's other options. It's not like, whereas in Orlando, Paolo's the first option, you know. But on the Pacers, there's Tyrese Halliburton. There's other guys. And Ben Matherin has still allowed himself to shine, which I think at least this early in the season is what's really made him deserve rookie of the year. Yeah, he's six man. So actually, that's my pick as well. Oh, uh, so I'm a, I'm an, a huge Arizona guy. That's the college I kind of root for for some yeah. reason, just kind of random. But uh, big Laurie Markinen guy. But uh, I have his jersey over there. I wore that last one. But uh, yeah, Benedict, I agree. I uh, I'm a huge fan of his game. I watched him last year in the tournament. Uh, Twenty point seven points, not bad. He's uh putting up some pretty good shooting numbers. Um, so I know, Harry, you're, you're rocking with Paolo, aren't you? Uh, I mean, I, I can't knock Big Ben. Uh, he's been playing great. And just watching him actually go out there and put up points and do good for a team that has, like, a decent surrounding base, it's hard not to be like, oh, he, he's a clear shot. But, I mean, it's Paolo. Like, he, it, give him – like, I mean, Sloan, you said it's the magic. They suck anyways. But, yeah. Give him, give him time. It, it will show why he's, why he was there. I mean, I do think we have to give him and Jalen Suggs some credit. I mean, they beat oh, yeah. the Warriors and Steph Curry oh, yeah. had 39 points. That's pretty hard to do no matter who you are, especially in for Paolo, his first year in the NBA and Jalen, I feel like this is his first real year considering like his injury last year. So, I mean, it's, it is impressive. So I, I don't doubt that he has a very bright future. I just don't think this award is his. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I, I like the sleeper pick also, of Benedict too. Also, it would be chess, but you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But if he was, I, yeah. I like, I like the pick of Benedict, but especially since he's playing seven less minutes than Paolo and he's putting up like yeah. almost as many points, not yeah. as many rebounds, but Paolo's a bigger guy. 
and like close to the same amount of assists and the other kind of stats. But and he's doing it all with less minutes and coming off the bench and not being the focus player on his team. So I think that's yeah, super impressive. With... Nothing to skip over. And especially uh, the name Benedict. I mean, like, that's like it's like losing to Doctor Strange. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So we can get right into the coach of the year. Um. So, uh, for me personally, I like JB Bickerstaff for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think that's just a great. Uh, that's a fun team to watch right now. Great on defense. Great on offense. They just got a nice balance, and I really like what he's done with them. Um. So that's my pick right now. I mean, obviously it'll change throughout the year, but uh, I'm really impressed with how Cleveland's playing. Yeah, I agree with that. But um, my pick is Monty Williams of the Suns. And though I know that he's won in the past, the reason for this is because before the season, um, I think many basketball extraordinaires talked about how they thought that like the Suns dynasty or lack thereof of a dynasty sort of has closed. They're how they're, they weren't going to make it to the finals again. Like they didn't win a ring. They just weren't going to win a ring. It just didn't work. And I think everyone hated on them before the season. And Monty Williams has showed that, like, they're first in the West year in, year out. And, like, I think that that's impressive. And, yeah, I think that he then deserves it. Yeah, I'm a bit concerned about the Suns. I, I mean, they, they're they winning right now. But I don't know if they'll sustain it for the whole season. I, I mean, West, I don't think is that strong right now. I think the fact Yeah, it's definitely the weaker than Yes. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Um, And so – Hence, I guess the Suns have just been less weird than everyone else. But by All Star break, I I don't think that they're gonna. Mm. Yeah, they're I don't even out. I mean, they also lost to an Australian team. But uh, is- I I I think if I were to go with a, a coach of the year, I'd probably go with Taylor Jenkins of the uh, of the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm. Um, one Grizzly, the Grizzlies have a great great core. Uh, all, I mean, obviously, yes, it's all surrounded by or all pushed towards John Morant, which, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You have one of the most athletic and dominant players on the court right now. You're going to build your team around him. But I think he did a fantastic job of doing that. Last year, I think he definitely made a case for it, but uh, they, he just didn't have the structure the other teams had built up for them last year. Um, I think the Grizzlies go on a tear this year. Um, I think he's very deserving of it. He's made a great core around the star player that he wanted. I, I don't think it's out of reach to say he'll get it. One thing I would say they have to get up is definitely their shooting percentages. They're shooting pretty low from uh, three right now at 38. Um, 24 assists per game isn't bad either. He's keeping the team just steady with ball movement. I think they have a chance. I think he has a chance. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely agree with that. And like, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. is still hurt. And when he comes back, I mean, yes, that's, the young core of the of the Grizzlies is, is pretty insane. And like the things that Jaw can do with the basketball is 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 scary to think about. Yes. And I think in general, the Grizzlies have such a bright future. So if he doesn't win coach of the year this year, it's coming for sure. Oh, it's definitely coming. And with Jaron Jackson, how actually good of an athlete he is, he just hasn't gotten to actually prove it yet because he has John Morant doing everything. Yeah. No, uh, I They're definitely a team to be feared later yeah. on in the year. I, yeah, you, yeah. You, you can tell that's a well-coached team too. They got oh, a nice, yeah. uh, they got a nice offensive scheme, nice defensive scheme. Mm-hmm. They've, they and you can tell the cohesiveness of the team. And I feel I take they play I credit, great together. Yeah, I credit a lot of cohesiveness to a coach and a leader on the like as a leader on that team or of a team. So I, I think that's a really good, I think it's a really good pick. I, I'm still <laughs> rocking with my guy Bickerstaff though. 
Yeah. I also think that the Grizzlies, so many guys shine that otherwise wouldn't. And I think that that's, again, something that you have to credit to the coach. Like Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, like those guys would not be. Brandon Clark especially. And Brandon Clark has like a lot of confidence, which is something that I think a coach sort of like inscribes in you. And the fact that like Dylan Brooks is able to like go up and get a flagrant two against the Warriors, I think sort of is something in a coach that like he sort of shows on his team, this confidence that's really cool to see that the second unit is able to have that. And I feel like Dylan Brooks was pretty mad before, before this kind of like this entry of this emergence of the Grizzlies this like last year. I mean, uh, look at the whole team. They were all like, man. I mean, even Desmond Bain, he was. Well, Desmond yeah, Bain was a rookie. Bain, yeah. I mean, he, Desmond Bain is crazy. The fact he's, that. He's, yeah. And he's put on some serious muscle. He is. Yeah, <laughs> it is insane. I, to go to 24.6 per game through the first 10 games, that's a solid thing. And I mean, if there's one thing I kind of want to say about this team, uh, Steven Adams's career as a just defensive unit has definitely like revived itself from the days on the Thunder. Uh, I I just think the team's really well put together. I don't think that I don't think there's a world he doesn't at least get top three in Coach of the Year standings. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so I think we can get into uh, the DPOI Defensive Player of the Year conversation. This one's I feel like is pretty murky to start the year. This one's uh, tough. Yeah. This one is definitely tough, but I'm going to go with the guy with the highest defensive rating, Giannis. I mean, he's a clear pick. He's always a scary guy to go up against uh, defensively. He's averaging a steal per game, block and a half per game, and those stats will only get better as the year goes on. He's he's so good defensively. I just He's a clear pick. I don't know if he'll win it just because like, he, he's up for so many awards, but I, I really like him defensively. So Giannis is my pick too for the same reasons, but I always just like to bring up Draymond. And the reason why I always like to bring up Draymond is because as someone who watches every single Warriors games game, the stuff that he does is special. It's no one else in the league has that sort of like defensive IQ that he has. He's so smart off the ball. He makes, he forces travels. He forces double dribbles, stuff that like I can't even process in my head that sort of he's able to do, which I think is so impressive. And he just doesn't get enough love. Love. He really is one of the best defenders of all time. And I, I really think that especially this year, because of how poor the Warriors defense is doing so far, if Draymond is able to really become a leader and get those sort of younger guys like Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga to step up their defensive games and allows James Wiseman to sort of learn how to defend without fouling sort of in that leadership role I think he could also emerge um in defensive player of the year I I really like Draymond and and that's definitely a sleeper pick for this year it's uh he's just he I I like he would probably he'd be a candidate every year if it wasn't for voter fatigue he really would yeah yeah he's he's such a fantastic defender I think it's sort of similar to Seth in the MVP category. Like every year, technically you could give the award to Seth. It would be boring. Um, but technically many, there is a group of people every year that will believe that Draymond is the best defender and Steph is the best player. So that's yeah. like, me. Ooh, go Warriors. <laughs> uh, Cross, I think you're just, um, I think you're just, reading off of her cheat sheet and taking all our answers hey. but um any, hey, anyway i read mine uh, i read mine years before these are these are these are honest picks okay I gotta, we're just two great basketball minds we think i know right that's okay i like thinking outside the box but i'll yeah, take Harry, it well, i'll I take it always takes odd picks. Picks. Williams, that's uh, a sleeper take. yeah see uh, so this might be a sleeper 
Um, I really, really wanted to go with Robert Williams. Like, really badly wanted to go with Robert Williams. Mm. I didn't because, one, Smart won it last year. So I don't really think they're going to give it to another Celtics player. Uh, I very much so think he deserves it. I think he's a fantastic defensive player. Definitely top three in the league. Mm, that's cool. He also hasn't played yet. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's cool. another thing. Okay. That's another thing. It's all about can he stay healthy? So I went with the safer pick. I went with Jared Allen. Jared Allen is kind of like the whole core for the Cavaliers defense. Um, it kind of all revolves around like him being the one like last line of defense. And he plays his role really, really well. Um, I don't think there's much that he doesn't do for the team that yeah. doesn't get them somewhere offensively afterwards, whether it's setting picks or just getting an easy block or just making a, forcing a pickup. So something as simple as for, forcing a pickup now changes what the trajectory of the pass that allows for quick transition offense. And he's kind of like the core center of that defensive squad right there. I kind of just like how he fits with their scheme. Uh, I think he, I think he's a lot better for them than their backup, Robin Lopez. Um, I, I do think that uh, Giannis makes a better play for it, but I, I do want to see Jared Allen get at least somewhere close to it. So I went with Jared Allen just because I think he deserves it for who he is in the league right now. Yeah. Okay. I know I'm the one getting interviewed, but my inter interviewer has to come out for one. Okay. 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 Wait. So I'm confused. If you get Robert Williams the third, is a top three defender in the NBA. Who are your other two? Like, how, I don't see. Maybe that's just because my mind is so Warriors, not Celtics. Well, like, I have to go with. Uh, I obviously have to go with Marcus Smart because you know he's the the reigning DPOY, right? He's he's got to be top three, right? You can't just forget that he's. No, won I'm not saying player. okay, Marcus Smart. I guess okay. Okay, and then Giannis, Mikhail Bridges, Draymond Green. I feel like there's Smart. Uh, smart. Smart won it over Bridges Will- last year. Yeah, and I, I feel like uh, smart that I'm confused about. It's sort of the Robert Williams third thing, but Rob, yeah, I, Robert, I, I, I gotta was, say, I, if Robert Williams played all last year, he would have won it. He oh he was God, our 100%. he was the anchor 100%. of our defense last year. He was be, he was better defensively when he played than Smart. And I Smart's my favorite player in the league. And that's so like, I challenge you. Mm-hmm. I challenge you for when he gets back. I challenge you to watch at least five Celtics games consecutively. And focus strictly on Robert Williams on defense, and exactly. watch how he changes the game compared to him without him on the court. I promise you. I promise you. Huge difference. Huge, okay. huge difference. He's honestly. I'll, I'll he's, let you know. I'll keep you posted. What I think. I think he's a better Rudy Gobert because he's able to guard perimeter players. He's able to block just as effectively like block shots and he he affects shots more than anyone i and but we that, saw him go toe to toe with i wouldn't say he's, i wouldn't say he's top three i think you but, have to tweak that take a little bit by saying he could eventually yeah, be he just needs to be healthy leader. he is too young to say that that's very disrespectful he's he's too i agree i agree he needs uh, to be Cross, healthy. i think you're losing i think you're losing your marbles here right now um but yeah. i uh i i do agree uh i feel like he has a lot more to go um, it's kind of like just a young guy situation. Uh, a lot shown, still a lot, still a lot to prove. Um, but I think he definitely has a very high ceiling when it comes to who he is as a player, because right now he has a very good floor for what he does. If he can 
develop that and kind of push himself outwards a little bit, he could very much so become one of the most dominant centers in the league right now. Yeah. So just looking at him as a defensive aspect, especially what he means for our team, it's hard not to put him in that conversation. But I went with Jared Allen. Um, so let's get into six man. I think Sloan, I think I know who your six man is going to be. Really? Um, I, I think we all think, have an idea of but, but, what we <laughs> might be going with. Let's hear it. Right. Maybe. Um, okay. So this player went to Michigan. So you're going to beat around the bush for this one. Is that, <laughs> is that what I'm saying? You wore number three at Michigan. Okay. okay. So on a hot summer day, all mm-hmm. I can think about is like taking – a nice swim in the pool party because Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sixth man of the year. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And here's why. Well, okay. I'm going to be, I'm going to take, put like on my like basketball analyst mm-hmm. line and mm-hmm. take off that sort of warrior's helmet for a second mm-hmm. and say that he, sh- he, Jordan Poole should be the sixth man of the year. Right now, I don't believe that he deserves that. He's actually sort of been horrible. And I think that he's part of the reason why we've been struggling so much because you just can't leave it all on Steph. And he hasn't been having those games like he was in the finals. He hasn't been having those games like he was in the Nuggets series. He's not stepping up. He's playing well, but he's playing fine. And he's not fine. We've seen his potential. He can be excellent. And he he hasn't been that. But I just think... As long as he gets his scoring up and he, oh my God, his shot selection sometimes makes me so frustrated. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But once he improves on that and sort of realizes what his role is as a player and that he is not the star, he is not the first option, the best, my personal opinion, the best basketball player in the world is on his team. And he has to realize that after Steph, after Clay, then it's him. But if you are dribbling up, if there's 17 seconds left on the shot clock and Steph Curry is open, Jordan, you pass it to Steph Curry. You don't take that shot by yourself. But once he realizes that that's what he's supposed to do, but at some points that's his opportunity to score, he will be the sixth man of the year. And he has not learned that yet, but he will. I'm telling you. Now, Cross, can I can I take this one? Can, can I take this I'll, one? I'll I'll let I'll let you, I'll let you. I have. Okay. All right. Okay. I knew okay. this was going right. to be your pick. Okay. Yep. I, 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 I I knew it too. I knew it I too. Get, I can see it. I can see it. I, now, I, 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 I just uh, love arguing this question. I, I do love uh, that you're throwing some throwing some good constructive criticism yeah. at uh, at uh, your hometown hero, um, sure. but there's uh, there's one specific thing that you mentioned there, and it's and it's knowing you're not him. Uh, there are better players you play with uh, that just do the clutch time better than you, do the scoring better than you, do a lot of things better than you can right now but there is room to improve now i think when you're looking at six man of the year uh you need to find someone who truly recognizes that recognizes the people they play with the strength that's on their team and the actual all-star power they have with them to get clutch moments get easy buckets get good scores play good defense make the clutch play make the good pass and i i it's funny because you know, back to this uh, classic Warrior Celtics debate. I just think Malcolm Brogdon does it better. I, th- I think, uh, I think as a six in the, man, in the sh- ten games that he's played, you think he does it better? I do. I really do. I really do. Uh, I think he should be starting, but he's going to stay six man. Uh, and and you know what? If he stays six man, I think it's just. I think it's an unfair fight. Honestly, I think he just takes it. So we're 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 gonna go with the Homer pick too. I know Harry took this uh, took this one too, but Malcolm Brogdon is also my pick. He's scoring a little bit less, 
and but I feel like he, he uh, I feel like his impact is greater than Jordan Poole's. He has more rebounds, slightly less assists. His shooting splits are are much better than Poole's, and I feel like his upside is a lot better. I feel like uh, Malcolm Brogdon is a guy that is gonna get come in and be consistent year or year in year out, and he's gonna he's gonna come in nightly. He's gonna he's gonna be a, a scoring threat. Even when his shot's not there, he gets downhill really well. He blows by his guy. I feel like Jordan Poole, when his shot's not there, he starts taking bad shots. And this is why I think Malcolm Brogdon, I think he's my pick. I think he's going to be a great player for the Celtics this year. I've been really impressed because I I was – like at first I was a little bit like not 100% sold on him as our bench scorer because I hadn't really seen him play before this year all that much, Um, only when the Celtics played him. And – He's really impressed me thus far, and that's why I'm rolling with my guy Brogdon. I'll take it's a homer pick, but I think it's a that, good pick. That's yeah. fair, and like it's definitely understandable. And I'm not saying it's not going to happen, uh, but I I want to emphasize on what I was saying about Jordan that once he learns what you were saying, I do believe he yes. will be of the year. And I'm not I'm saying he's not there yet, uh, definitely not there yet, but he will be there. And I just I can feel it because someone's going to just have to knock some sense into him and be like, buddy. <clears throat> have to get this together um one thing i'd like i to think i think someone tried doing that uh <laughs> that is yeah that i i got myself into that yeah <laughs> thing i wanted to propose that i don't agree with but like technically russell westbrook is coming off the bench so i yeah. i, I want to stop you there <laughs> i don't agree with that i'm saying it exists it's an idea that many okay okay believe in i saw that and one and I'm i was just like I don't know. I saw that. I don't think the Lakers are going to be good enough for him to even be considered, to be honest. I I just think like the Lakers I mean, could be so atrocious this year. It's everyone's going to stay away from recent, them. I think his recency bias, Jordan Poole is definitely the favorite because of the championship, because of yeah. the star power. Um, and, and recency bias, just re- everybody and their mother hates Russell Westbrook right now. The Lakers have in the horrible start to the season they've had so far, in the two game in or in the games that he's come off the bench, they have done better, better to some yes. extent than they had when he started. So I, I just think I that think is an interesting think. to think thing to think about when you think of the award in itself and sort of what it means. But I think I think he's going to end up starting again too. So I'm wary in picking him. Sure. Um, I, I, I think he's going to be. I hope he doesn't either, but because I think he actually has been pretty good off the bench. But I think, I think the reason why they're doing. I think the reason why they're doing better is because he's getting less chances to take those questionable mm-hmm. shots. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, so let's get into most improved. Uh, we'll move on to that. So uh, Sloan, what do you got for most improved? This one's an interesting one for sure. There's this a lot of picks a here. Ballpark. Yeah. I don't really feel like anyone has really proven their point yet, but I guess Jalen Brunson, just because on the Mavs, I think he was sort of a role player and he's, moved his way into sort of, I guess, a, the star category. Um, but there's no clear winner here. I'm not, like, confident in my pick. It's just what I have so far. Mm-hmm. And other people could definitely, like, emerge in this category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm rolling with Tyrese Maxey. As much as I hate the Sixers, I'm rolling with him. I, I really like him. I actually, when we played the Sixers opening night, Great I player. really, Great really enjoyed watching him. But he's he's he has a higher usage percentage by seven uh, percent. And he's all his stats have pretty much gone up. He's averaging uh, 
seven more points, seven and a half more points than he was. Uh, more rebounds, slightly less assists, more steals, higher shooting percentages on more minutes. I mean, he's he's really kind of stepping into that role as like a third star with Harden and Embiid. And if those Sixers want to be good, I think he's he's the guy that's going to kind of turn them around. Yeah. For for me for me I'd say it's kind of hard not to um, choose Tyrese Halliburton just because of the monster year he's having so far uh, to just show up and immediately just kind of start changing the pace of the game and making the Pacers a relevant team uh, from what he was doing on the Kings which was little to nothing. Um, mm, that's he was on the Kings. He was okay. Very clear. He had a break. He was a team player. He was a team player. Wasn't enough. The Kings, the Kings are just so meh, but he still stood out. You could still see that he had a big, like a strong future. I agree. I agree. To to an extent, I agree with that. You could see something, but what you were mostly seeing was how he was playing as a team. Now he's kind of taking on the load of the team and making the team hits. Kind of like switching over into De'Aaron Fox's role in his own setting. Uh, And I I love it. I mean, he's playing phenomenal. Watching him play is making me excited to watch the Pacers. Uh, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the last time I said that. Yes. uh, I I think the last time I thought about the Pacers was probably the Paul George Pacers. uh, All all the Depot Pacers were pretty good, too. I will say. They were fun. Fun to watch. Fun to watch. They, they, um, they, uh, Oladipo had a game winner against us on the Pacers. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have PTSD um, from that moment. <laughs> it's 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 hard not to go on a little bit of the hype train of, hey, Zion's back. Zion's technically in the most improved category. Yeah, no. I hate when people do stuff like that. Me, I hate when people misunderstand the idea of what the most improved player is. And I was so vocal on this about jaw getting it last year the most improved player isn't someone who has a normal progression like john morant was the second pick in the nba draft then he was the rookie of the year then he was an all-star like that's normal that's how you're supposed to yeah. progress yes. the second pick yes. like yes that's not most improved he did exactly what he was supposed to do and so like yeah zion i mean that's like whatever i don't i i think that that's sort of more when it like on the jaw Example, but I think that like Tyrese Halberton is also sort of like that. He's had a normal progression. Like we saw that he was a good rookie from the start. Like I don't think he's done anything incredible to be like, like um, when Julius Randle went from being like a bad player to an all-star, like that's most improved. He had a crazy jump, but I don't really feel like Tyrese Halberton has had a crazy jump. He's sort of done everything on the same pattern. Whereas Jalen Brunson, that's more of a jump from being a role player to now a star. See where I'm going with that? Yeah, I, I understand that. Well, okay, we also I have understand. that argument for the Ben Simmons winning rookie of the year where like he was just I was, injured. Like he, he was I just- say that. Was he was just injured. It, like, is he really like, he was injured and then like Zion was injured last year. And that's why there's no, like, there was a technically a big yeah. jump to this year because now he's a star from not even playing. So, like, it's just, yeah. honestly, these awards are kind of just getting so, like, muffled from their real meaning. And that kind of leads into my MVP argument and where I think Giannis should win it, but he won't because MVP is kind of turned away from biggest impact on a team, like, winning to just whoever has the best stats and winning hasn't real doesn't really have any kind of factor as much into the MVP race anymore. And when like a guy like Giannis, who's putting up like great stats and his, he's winning for his team versus like 
a guy like Luca, who I think is going to win because of like how it's um, interpreted, I think is just, it's concerning because like Luca's team, they'll be like a five, a four or five seed, like around there. But just because his stats are crazy, he's like, he's getting the award versus Giannis, who's almost putting up this, like he's close stats, yeah. but is winning more. I think winning should have more of a, I, a thing. So that's my I little spiel on the MVP. <laughs> oh, I agree a hundred percent on that. My take is also Giannis. Like I'd like him to win. I think it would be nice. He's the Bucks are the first seed in the East. Like it makes sense. Not and for I long. Agree Not for long. Yes, he's had so many thirty-point games in a row, but what has the success rate been for the team? You know, it, yes. it had, they're not number one in the West because he scored 30 points every game, you know, Steph does that too. So many people do it and it's exciting because he's new and he's young, but does that mean he's the best player? Does that mean he's the most valuable player? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. So Sloan, I like your argument. Okay. I'm kind of going in the same direction. Okay. Because when you look at a team perspective and you look at the whole core of the team, you try and focus, okay, what's the team built around? Who's the team built around? How do they play according to that player? And um, we just talked about him and Ja Morant. I think, I think if any year, I think if any year Ja's going to be able to prove that he deserves MVP, this is the year only because the West is so bad and he has so many games against so many bad teams if he doesn't make an effort to actually take that final step up the ladder, I think we'll start to see a slow, gradual decline, if not just a plateau, uh, kind of like an AI effect. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he makes a very strong claim for it. I get that, and I actually agree that Jaw could be a contender, but you can sort of say the same thing for Luca. He's in a he's in the West. It's bad. He this is his year to shine, like to win that first MVP. It's sort of the same thing. I feel like Jaw needs like one or two more years to fully like get his grip on really being the most valuable player. He still is very young. Yeah. Like he he he's not better than He's not better than Giannis yet. He's just not better than those guys. Not even close. Not even close. Time, the time could come where he really is the most valuable player in the league, and it's just not there yet. He needs a few more years. And I really like Ja, and I think I think he'll win an MVP at some point. But it's just my con- my concern is is Ja going to perform better than a guy like Giannis or a guy like Luca enough? Yeah. He's going to perform enough to make the case that. He should be over those guys. And I think eventually there'll be some kind of voter fatigue year where he'll be able to slip in and win it. But like, and Giannis probably won't even win it because of voter fatigue. And they're going to be like, should we give him another one? Like, but like, I just think with all these guys that are making statement years, I mean, obviously all the numbers are inflated like crazy this year because it's like, we're just in the beginning, but like Tatum's having a great start. Donovan Mitchell's having a great start. Like you having all these guys putting up 30 plus, like night, I mean, you can like, argue for Steph. He's been crazy. Yeah. Even though the Warriors haven't been successful. And then again, for a lot of people. Then again, yeah. on any given night, somebody can drop forty points. I mean, we literally mm. saw Sadiq yeah. Bay drop fifty. That's. I was just gonna say that. There's just this modern day NBA is so weird. Where like everyone is so good that the craziest stuff can happen, and anyone can just go off. Yeah, so and this they, is why. And NBA yeah. offenses right now, like whoever like gets hot early they just go to for the rest of the game so that yes. it's just there's a, there's not a lot of like 
equal like plateau scoring. It's a lot of like, like one or two guys like eating up all the points because like, because like of that. So, and I think, I think this is just such a, like a, like a, uh, murky award right now just because you, you never know how they're gonna vote like because it's just it's it's kind of crazy like how like a guy like Giannis probably should win every year and even Jokic could probably be in the conversation again this year but like he just won two two in a row what what like what are you gonna do but uh yeah I mean um yeah I, uh, I think one of the big reasons why I still see I think one of the big reasons why I still see Ja a little bit over Luca. Um, obviously, you can't deny Luca's scoring, right? I mean, thirty-six points per game is kind of insane, but it's a ten-game stretch. No, that's the thing. Think it's gonna. Uh, everything is gonna change. Everything's mm-hmm. gonna fall, and at the same time, the Grizzlies are just winning. They have a better team. They're playing better as a team. Yes, Ja's the center focus kind of like Luca. the problem is the Mavericks aren't winning as much they're not mm-hmm. playing as well as a team they're not getting back on defense to make that extra effort play it's just Luca doing it. and mm-hmm. I get it I mean if you want to talk about value in a player I, I get why so many people could be like oh Luka Doncic he does it. he's the most valuable player because of that but if he's not winning there's a lot of value that comes to a player when you make your guys want to take that step up to help you win. I think Ja just does that because they like the enthusiasm he brings to the court. They like the enthusiasm he has in the locker room. I think he adds that extra layer to the inside of the team just as much as he adds that nine layers on the court. Yeah. And I, I, I think, I think he makes a strong claim for it. Do I think a hundred percent will go to him? No. But that's why we're doing in awards predictions at the ten game stretch because it's yeah. fun. <laughs> we're so we're so early. Anything can happen. I mean, exactly. Somebody somebody could tear their ACL tomorrow. Like we don't we don't know. Like and or, or so, you could. I know. Yeah, I mean, you could look back, say, but like anything could happen. Like you never know what happens. Also, like could, just to look at it this way, like yes, the Warriors have had such a horrible start to the season, and I'm not trying to be like it's the Warriors. And but like we know that this isn't going to continue. Like. I don't know. The Warriors play Don't the game in 30 minutes. Like Steph could score 60 points. And then like, he already is hot, but like, okay, well in two ways on <laughs> the court, you know, but don't, like, let, don't let Aisha hear that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he could go crazy. It's really I, Jason Tatum could be the, I mean, so many people mm-hmm. it's 10 games in and there's a lot of games in an NBA so, season. People could so, go crazy. We'll have to have you back on later in the season. We can we'll have more cemented picks at that point. Um, yeah. let's, re- real quick, I I, I want to hear your thoughts. We're on talking the, about the Warriors, the Warriors Celtics finals, because this is as Celtics fans, you being a Warriors fan, like we we we're this supposed to, to clash. Yeah, we're supposed this to clash a little audience. bit. We we don't get a lot of Warriors perspectives. What were your thoughts on the finals? Do you think do you think it was uh as dominant of a Warriors performance, or just the Celtics giving it away? You know, I think you guys tried. I think the Celtics tried. And it, it's really hard to defeat a dynasty, um, you know, this great. I mean, the Warriors prevail. We always just seem to find that ring. So the Celtics did try, and it was cute. It was sweet. It was nice to have someone try. But uh, she called it. She called it cute. Ended it in six. Yeah. Oh, she, she called cute. the Celtics. Oh, my God. The Celtics. All right. The Celtics gave that away. We, we had the nerves of the first finals. If we see you guys again this year, 
it's easily going to be the Celtics. I I I, uh, I, cannot, uh, uh, I uh, cannot imagine us losing uh, two years in a row to that Warriors team. I'm a Celtics fan, and I don't necessarily believe that it will easily be to us. Uh, but I do think we beat you in six. Um, but uh, it's it's. Hey, where, you, didn't, where, you didn't play we're pretty well right I now. Think the disrespect from places like ESPN was insane, saying that we had like a 14% chance of winning the finals against the Boston Celtics. Like, come on. The Boston Celtics put some respect, respect on our name. So I know, I mean, you guys are, yeah, great, but 14%. The Golden State Warriors, okay? Right, yeah, that was a little disrespectful. Winning chance in the NBA finals. Like, that's not accurate or anything. And yes, it was a good fight. And like, the Celtics have, especially with this addition of Malcolm Brogdon, are scary. And I'm not saying that they're not. Like, they put up a fight. It was so fun to watch. But you know, we came out on top, and you know what people are going to remember in 50 years? Not that the Boston Celtics put up a good fight. They're going to remember that Steph Curry got his fourth ring and sort of, you know, won his place in the uh, top 10 NBA players of all time. But that's I, I just I just want to say, if we're currently, um, we're in third place versus 13th place. And yeah, we don't have we don't we don't have our players. Okay, you, have a ring? you have a ring on your finger. I mean, I know you have 17, but that's from a while ago. OK, in your guys's lifetime, you don't have a ring. I've got four. I'm we 15. Have one for my lifetime. Hypothetically, I am like on. OK, I'm obviously not on the Warriors, but we'll talk about like that's if we, if we talk about some other sports, we have quite a few rings. I don't that. care about other sports. <laughs> basketball, that's just changing the subject. Hey, you, you know what? I'm. I'm proud. I'm proud of you guys for now. Okay, somebody had to try and catch up to us at some point. You know, uh, seventeen championships is a lot to try and get up to. So we we want to. We want to give. We want to give the NBA the rest. Yeah, like the rest of the NBA no, a chance to nice. catch up. It's not fair. It's not fair to the rest of the guys. Just you know, us and the Lakers just fair. keep throwing jabs at each other. You know, yeah. we gotta let. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta let the Warriors get their hooks in. You know. Hey, well, yeah, they, sure. they're, they're, sure they're hooks in, they're hooks in really because they got I'm people sure that that's what Deuce Tatum said to his dad the night before the finals. I'm sure Deuce was like, Dad, can you read me a bedtime story? And before you do that, let them win. It would be nice. I'm sure that yeah, that's what I, he I, I, Deuce is an angel. I believe he would have done that. <laughs> He's a very oh. cute kid. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Sloan. We really thank appreciate you, so you, you coming on. Yeah, everyone go check out her podcast. She's got great stuff up there. You're definitely going to want to check it out. Um, we appreciate you joining us. This was an awesome episode. Uh, thank you. If you guys want some knit beats, knits, bits, and pieces of what Sloan has to offer, go check her out on TikTok. Go check her out on TikTok. Yeah. Sloan knows. You can see all types of what she actually gets to go down with and see and talk about with some big names out there. And I, I enjoy watching them myself. So go check her out. Uh, Sloan, thanks for coming on. Uh, great talking about sports. I think uh, if we wait a little bit into, you know, a less of a little bit of sports talk to get into, we can get around 65, 70 games. I think I think we could get into a better conversation about why the Celtics have yeah. been in the Warriors. But um, <laughs> thank you for coming on. It was great talking to you about thank sports. You. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, everyone go check out our Instagram at offbeat underscore sports and check us out on TikTok at offbeat sports and uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel for more great episodes like this. Uh, we will see you next time. Call up all the text songs.